Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Psalm chapter 60, verse 8 is what we're looking at. Moab is my wash pot. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. He said, Moab's where I've been. It's what I've come out of. And I'm not going back to what I have come from. Over Edom... Will I cast out my shoe? Say what? Felicia, triumph thou because of me. I'm going to preach for a little while tonight. If the shoe fits, throw it. If the shoe shoe fits, why don't you just find two or three people around you and tell them if the shoe fits, throw it. Unless you know your feet stink, then just think about it. Sovereign God of heaven and earth, we come to you tonight for this particular moment in our service, praying that you would work on our hearts and minds that I might be able to preach with wisdom and clarity. Again, I ask that tonight as you have dropped the thought of Edom into my heart and my mind and I have tried to prepare this day that I might minister unto your people. You have aligned this service. You have brought us here. Whoever needs to hear this tonight, help me to preach it in such a way that they can hear it, but more importantly, help them to respond to what they hear and what they believe so that the response is far-reaching beyond our moment here together and goes with us and follows us from this house. For, oh God, if we gather in this house but we take nothing with us, what have we really done? We're here tonight that the Holy Ghost might not only mingle with us but might move us from beyond this place and do a work in our lives. We're asking for your help in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everybody shout amen. All right, you may be seated tonight. See if you can finish this. The Hatfields and McCoys. The Hatfields and... Not from this generation. Unless you want to try to talk about a cinematic reenaction, a romanticized, fabricated storyline of what really happened. This late 1800s feud that began between these two mountainous families, the origins of which are really uncertain. There are lots of mysteries as to what they were, but we do know this. They became a household name for their feud one with another. It turned deadly in around 
18, uh, I believe it would have been 1882 with a, with a death that took place and things escalated that end up with one being put to death and, and, and about a dozen more that are imprisoned and the family feud grew in intensity. But after so long and so many generations, you don't even have to know about the origin. You just got to know we don't like them. And they don't like us. And some of you in this room tonight, you have old hurts like that. Not even sure why. But you just know that when they came around, your mama grabbed your hand. But we don't. You don't even know why. Sometimes people get in arguments as children that they never resolve. Forget why the argument started, but stay mad for decades. We're talking about this century later. Two families. And we have romanticized it to such a fashion that we have taken death and made it cinema. We have labeled conflicts like this over conflicts in our own life and in our own home. If you will allow me to spiritualize this just a little bit, let me take Brother Evan, this great individual by the name of Jacob, which he so powerfully preached to us about, and let me show you his pit against brother Esau. Esau was a bad dude. Esau was a man's man. Esau was a stew-eating, deer-killing, yeah, little brother beating up kind of a dude. He was bad news. We know the famous failure of Esau happens when he runs in the house he's famished you ever get frustrated when your kids say I'm starving you don't know what starving is here he has prepared his, his younger brother this cunning deceiver the surplanter that would end up with the blessing of the father he has prepared the stew this, this, this beautiful red stew that is there. And Jacob says to him, give me what? Give me a birthright. And Esau, old Harry McGee. So Harry, that when Jacob tries to fool his blind daddy, he puts the fur of an animal on I don't care who you are. That's gross. If that's you, you need to see somebody. For a friend. Sets down there hairy and sweaty. Says, what good is my birthright if I die of starvation? What good is my Future, 
if I've worked so hard that I can't get beyond my present? How many really believe Esau was about to die? Nobody in the building. Nobody in the building. Because we've all seen one of our kids throw a temper tantrum. I can't wait. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's going to be ready in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Come on, Mom. You ever had to say, sit down. You're fine. You're going to make it. Esau, I just You ever wondered to humanize the text what it must have been like in the mind of Esau with a belly full of stew when he sits back in the chair and belches real good? Starts rubbing his belly like a man does. Come on now. Stretching out, just sprawled out like, yeah. Got suspenders, but don't need them. You know what I'm talking about. Just, just. <laughs> I've often wondered, young people, I wonder what was revealed in that belch. What was revealed in the feeling of fool? For a moment of satisfaction, I've given away what was destined for me. And many of us, students and adults alike, we can relate with falling into the pleasures of sin for the moment. And then when reality settles in, it doesn't feel like much longer than the consuming of one bowl of stew and suddenly the light bulb clicks on. What have I done? There is a division that's going to happen. When Jacob, in fact, walks in, his mama helping him. Mama's boy. Yeah, I know some of you men are thinking around him, mama's boy. Walks in there, got the hair of the goat on. Walks in. What's his dying daddy say? The voice? What's he say? That's what he, the voice is Jacob's. But the feel. That's why you got to be careful not to be fooled by a feeling. Feelings will destroy you when a word will keep you. Oh, yes. Pastor, I don't feel like it's sin. What's the word say? Yeah, but pastor, me and my wife, we've been fighting. Yeah, but pastor, I, I, they go to this church across town and they're blessed and they don't do this and, and they don't do that. I'm not asking how it feels. I'm asking you, what is the certain sound in it? Because if there is not a certain sound that is tied to the text then how it feels to your flesh might be flesh itself. If the angel of light can actually be the devil himself, then you better know 
that your flesh can fool you. The demise between brothers, the breaking as it were, the split between two. We know that this is going to pit brother against brother. And I I understand Jacob's uh, wrestling with the angel. And I I recognize the crossing over of Besor. And I I recognize the sending ahead of the armies and, and the reconciliation. But I'm telling you, it would cause a division out of which there would never be complete reconciliation. Out of Esau would come Edom. The descendants of Edom, known as the Edomites. The Edomites are abhorred. Hear me now. They are abhorred in text. They are not just criticized. They are not just spoken against. They are tragically and openly denounced with judgment from God. The prophet Obadiah in his one chapter book is chalked full of God's promised punishment against Edom. Edom was known for laying siege against the people of God. Hear me right now. Bitter people kill. Bitter people kill the promises of God. And anybody that is attached to the promises of God, bitter people don't like you. If you got the promise of God, Brother Gallion, if I find out you've got the promise of God and I'm bitter about what I think I'm supposed to have, I will not be satisfied to let you have blessings that should have been on my life. I don't care how good I work myself into reconciliation. If I don't take care of the bitter, I can't get better. Don't get bitter. Get better. Don't talk about them. Talk to them. That's noble, isn't it? The Edomites, they begin to work against the people of God. They begin to destroy Judah. They begin to fight against God's promised people. Hear me tonight. God has always had a people of promise. Brother Lindsay, when he was praying this morning, he quoted about the elect. I'm going to tell you who the elect are. The elect are in this place right now. Those who heed to the word of God. We don't believe in predestination. But I will tell you this. I believe that you're predestined to repent. Remember mandatory and voluntary? You got to get in line with the word. There was a people of God and the Edomites hated them. They had been separated as such. And from one generation to the next, they didn't care about the quarrel. They just cared about killing those who had a promise that they did not have and possessed a land that they did not live in. 
By the time we watch them settle, they're settling south of the Dead Sea. Southwest, south, southeast. Look at it on a map and watch the way that it's wrapping around. Anytime you're easing down south of what's dead. Settling in. Laying waste. Obadiah chapter 1, the only chapter. Let's, let's go there for, for, for just for the sake of this so I can flesh this. Verse 3 is where I'm going. Obadiah, verse 3. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Look down to verse 11. In the day thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast one of them. Let me give it to you in the non-King James Version. He said, my people were being abused, and you laid wait to destroy them. You let an old hurt cause you to create fresh infliction on my people. Hear me, saints of God. God will not bless those who hurt his people. In fact, I'm not even going to preach to you right now. I'm going to preach to hell that's trying to listen in on this. You cannot get away with hurting God's people. I want every spirit that would try to make its residence in here to know. We are not going to stand. We are not going to back up and allow hurt against the people of God. He won't allow it. He won't stand for it. He will speak judgment against it. Yes, he will. David is speaking here. In Psalm 60, what's the psalmist say? Moab, it's my wash pot. Look back. Look back to Ruth. Look, 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 look back to this. Look back. I am not who I was. Some of you, if you'd walk out of here with that alone, you wouldn't struggle all week. Problem is you live in today still bound by who you were. You're not who you were. And you're not the filth of old washing. You're better than dirty dishwater. He said, over Edom will I cast out my shoe. What did he say? He said, the enemy that has been against the people of God has established a land that they call their own. But I need you to know something about the promise of God. It was the culture of this day, young people, that with the taking off of a sandal, that with the removal of a shoe, it was the contract over a piece of land. And he said, you might live there, but it's not your land. You might think it's yours, but I'm about to pull my shoe off. Uh-huh. I'm, you know, spiritually, you could make the enemy of your family pretty nervous if you just start unlacing. 
like Mr. Rogers. What are you talking about? He said, I'm going to stand at the brink of what he's told me I could not have. I'm going to stand at the geographical barrier of what he's told me that, the, that my family cannot get back. I'm going to stand right here on the precipice, and that's where we are. We are on the precipice of what God promised and what the enemy lied about. And we have got to decide, is it ours or not? That's my question for a bunch of you in the house. Is it yours or not? Is it God's family or not? Is it God's youth group or not? Is it God's, are you God's ladies or the world's? Hear me, men. Are you, my, my, my. Are you God's men or are you just going to be men of the world? Are you going to be ruled by lust or by the world? Or are you going to let God move in and say lust brings forth sin and sin when it's finished, it brings forth death. So instead of me acting like I got to be the same kind of guy as every other guy, instead of me acting like pornography's okay, I'm going to get real. Instead of you acting like you can go just anywhere, well, I'm going to go to happy hour. They're going to drink. I'm not going to drink, but I'm just going. I'm just... Come on, either we're going to take territory or we're not. Here's what I feel like we're doing. Brother Lopez, I feel like I'm standing on the edge of the ground and saying you've had it long enough. You've had a hold of my family long enough. You had a hold of my mind long enough, but I'm ready to unlace I'm ready to get my shoe off. I'm ready to get up on the edge of the territory and I'm ready to throw my shoe over Edom. I'm ready to let Edom know I will not settle. Woo, God, I feel that right now. I'm not settling. I'm not settling. how I feel in my spirit right now. It's how I feel about our city. This is how I feel about our neighborhoods. This is how I feel about Fountain Square. This is how I feel about your home. This is how I, this is how I feel. Quit telling me this is your land. I want you to watch me. I want you to see it. I'm ready to throw. I've got it ready. I've got it ready. And I want him to see me throw it. Because everything between here and there, it's not yours. It's not the enemy's. It's God's. God promised it. And God is going to give it. If he, if he promised it. Come here, Pastor. Come here. Come here. Come here, Brother Lopez. I'm taking my shoe off. You are too. Come here. I hope you got a hole in your sock. That's what I... <laughs> want to reach this city? Yes, sir. Or do we just want to have a cute new members program? Do we want to reach this? Or do we just want to say we have an evangelism program so that nobody makes fun of us? Go ahead and pull your shoe off. 
Do we really want to train students or do we just want to try to keep it alive? You listen to me right now. You listen to me. There's a whole group that thinks all we want to do is keep it alive. The devil is a liar. We're going to reach and train more apostolic leaders than have ever been. Pull it off. I'm on bear. Come here. Come here. Now here's the deal. I'm going to make you throw them different direction. You know what? Run up to the balcony. I'm sorry. Run up to the balcony, Vice President. Yeah. Here's what I want you to do. I'd like you to kind of, I want you to just pray. I'd kind of like you to throw yours over the altar because there's some people that are convinced people don't still get the Holy Ghost, but this morning right here in this church proof they do get the Holy Ghost right here in this altar. They do still... I want you to pray. I like you. I know this is semantics. I'd like you to just kind of chuck that shoe across the altar. I want the devil to know this is not your land. This is. Come on, Edom. You better me. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent, they take it by force. Where's he at? Wave at me. Look at your shoe off. (laughs) My dear friend, so I'm going to pick on him. People from Alaska ain't supposed to lead this kind of revival. People from Alaska, you're supposed to stay in the woods. You know that, right? Having a revival in Alaska, having a revival in Indianapolis, having a revival. And listen, you hear me, you hundreds of young people, you young adults that are scattered around here. The will of God is not for you to come and stay in Indianapolis or get lost while you're here. The goal is for you to come here and get your shoes, not get your shoes tightened, but get your shoe loosened so that you can go home and you can take your shoe off. Pastor Gallion, I want you to just walk across that place. I want you to take your shoe. I want you to just walk across that place right now. Wave it. Young people, I want you to lift your hands right now. You got cities to go home to. You got families to get home to. Come on, if the shoe fits, throw it. my question. What about your family? What about your family? What about your children? What about your marriage? I'm telling you this. It's not Edom's land. I know. I know. I know they laid wait. I know they stood on the outskirts. I know they waited on you to get malnutrition. I know they waited on you to be at the point of death. And then they tried to kill your marriage. I know then they tried to wreck your mind. But I've got a fresh word from heaven. It's not Edom's land. It's not Edom's land. Brother Romine, I know I'm wild tonight. I don't even apologize. This is not 
Edom's land. We don't have we don't have a baptismal because it's protocol. We don't have baptismal because it's tradition. This is not. Oh, I wish somebody'd shout about that right now. I wish some. We take authority. It's not Edom's land. It's not. It's not Edom's land. Edom don't get any sections here. I don't care if you hide in the far left. Sister Reagan, from the far left. I'm going to run. You run with me. Come on. What are you doing? I'm just taking a run on my territory. I'm just taking a little run on my land. I'm going to take a little run on everything. God. How about this right here? Go wheel a little bit. Go for a little run right now. I'm going to run in the foyer a little bit. I'm going to run on into the foyer a little bit because this is not Edom's. This is not Edom's welcome center. This is not Edom's foyer. This is not. No, 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 no. This is not Edom's land. So here's my question. How bad do we want it? How bad do we want it? Sister May, Sister Ray and I, we sat in the foyer, didn't we? Hello, prayer meeting. Two weeks ago, sick in her, sick in her body. We were not in the altar, were we? Wasn't no altar call. Brother O'Neill, I didn't have to have you turn the sound system on. Felt drawn to her in the foyer. Came over and sat down right by her. Didn't I? Just drawn. I said, Sister Ray, how are you? How you feeling? I'm sorry, I'm so glad I was running. She said, I'm not feeling good. Listed off three or four things. Hadn't been able to sleep. Feeling sickness. Heart, different issues. Out here. Not down here. Out here. Well, that's not protocol. That's not Edom's. That's not Edom's. What we do, sister, we just started praying. I said, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I speak strength and healing into her body right now. I'm praying she'd have the best night's sleep that she's had in weeks. I pray you'd touch her heart. In fact, every fiber of her being. The very next service, she flagged me down. She said, Pastor, she said, when you prayed for me in the foyer, she said, I went home and my heart had stopped messing up. I slept the best I slept that night in week. Why? That's not Edom. Every square foot. Every square foot of this building. Every. Where you at, Brother Healy? Come on. You look way too stable in your two shoes. Unfair. Nobody's had a hole yet. I hope you got a hole. You're probably too classy to have a hole. Shame on you. You see these babies up here worshiping God in worship service? Time out. 
All you little, all you kids, come here. You little kids that were up here in worship, come here. Brother Healy, stand right here. Stand right here. Come here, you kids, come here. All of our other little kids, don't be, just send them. Moms and dads, get rid of them for a couple minutes. Send them. Send them down here by pastor. Come here. Look at all these kids. Come here. Come here real tight. Come in here by pastor. Brother Healy, come up here. Come up here. Come in here real tight. Look at me. You listen to pastor. Okay? You listen to me. Number one, I want you to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. I want you to give him everything. Number two, it's okay to be demonstrative in church. It's okay to worship God. Okay? You hear me? It's okay. Right? Come here, Brother Healy. Now, they're worshiping God down in the altar. And I, I know it's cute, but we ain't doing it because it's cute. That's not why we're doing this. We're doing it because we want this next generation to know. This is how I fight my battles. Woo! Brother Healy, I want you to just kind of chuck your shoe. I'm sorry if they're nice. Let me see. Ooh, I'm sorry. Oh, good. I'm good. Now listen. Isn't that funny? Isn't that silly? But you know every time we pull teachers together, that's what we're doing. Every time we get together over curriculum and we start saying in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the authority of the word of God. Every time you kids come down and worship God, that's what we're doing. We're looking at you and we're telling Edom, this is not your land. If you believe that, I want you to stretch your hands towards the children. Kids, I want you to lift your hands real high and I want you to praise God right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want every Sunday school and every Wednesday night teacher, I want you to run down here right now. Come on, Sunday school teachers. Come on, Wednesday night. Come on. Run down here right now. 